This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Everybody, how are you guys doing this evening? Tonight is a going going to be a great night. We are talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, tonight is uh, November eighth, two thousand nineteen, and I am joined by uh, a v- very good Facebook friend, uh, Miss Ingrid Hubert. Miss Ingrid H- Hubert, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am doing very well, Miss Ingrid. Thank you for asking. Uh, um, there was um, supposed to be another guest with with you, um, my best friend Melissa Hodge. She couldn't be on tonight, but uh, Melissa, we uh, I, I'm so very grateful that you even considered doing my comp, my podcast. And you know, girl, you know I love you. You're one of my best friends in the whole world. So you you know that I love you and I am going to have you on one of these nights. But, uh, and uh, well, without further ado, let's get to talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, Miss Ingrid. This was a, a very good movie for its time. It was released in 1984. Um, I was only four years old at the time, so of course I saw Nightmare on Elm Street uh, when I was a little bit older. Uh, I want to say um, I, uh, my early earliest memory of watching a Nightmare on Elm Street had to be when I was like eight or nine years old. So, you know uh, that you know that's how young I was when the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> I had just not too long ago graduated high school. So that would be around the time that I seen it. You know. Right. Well, you are you're older than I am, ma'am. So Hey, you got a lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom to you. So Well, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, well, you know, we cannot do this episode without sing- singing the song. So uh, let's sing the song together, okay? One, two, three. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, grab your crucifix. Seven, eight, stay 
people uh, joined along with us too that was that's listening to the <laughs> well without further ado let me go ahead and start with our uh, first question uh, uh, who uh, what was your favorite part of a nightmare on, on Elm Street my favorite part let me see I would say, you know, I think I would say it would be, but Nancy, um, how she was slowly seeing what was going on. As time went on with Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, that she seemed like she, well, her dad was in the, in the police or the law enforcement, so she pretty much was kind of like him. You know, she was kind of focused on getting down to this what was going on. With yeah, she very friends. well could have been a detective. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I think that I would say that throughout the whole movie myself. So. Right. Well, my favorite part um, of the movie was actually uh, with Nancy and her mother um, in the kitchen, that scene where she um, actually confronts her mother about her drinking. And I, yeah. I really loved that uh, part because you know that it was a pivotal part of the movie, and <clears throat> and I just think that uh, Nancy confronting, you know, what it is. What she wasn't just confronting her mother; she was confronting the demon that was right. Freddy Krueger. You know, she was actually getting ready to battle him uh, right. in that instance because she's like, you know what. He's in our dreams and he's trying to kill us. But, but if I stay focused enough, I can beat him. You know, more or less, that's what I got from that scene anyway. You know, anybody else would probably look at that scene and go, oh, wow, she just told off her mom. But, you know, no, with me, it goes a little bit deeper. So. Exactly. All right. And what was your least favorite part of an nightmare on Elm Street, Miss Ingrid? Oh, my least part that I did not like was the way that Glenn and Rod were killed. Yeah, I, I can understand not, that. I wasn't happy at all. You know, they uh, Nancy was trying to tell everybody what what was going on and how it happened, but Rod not killing Tina and Glenn. You know, he fell asleep and he was supposed to meet Nancy at, at midnight. And next thing you know, he's being 
sucked down into the bed. Blood is pouring <laughs> like, out all over the place. Everywhere. I mean, all over, you know. And then uh, Rod, poor Rod, he got hung. You know, and you could just hear his neck snap. You know, as after Freddie got him up to the window there, he just oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he knew he was gone, but I didn't, I just didn't like the way either of them, you know. I understand gone. that. I can understand you know, that. I wanted to kill Freddie myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, my least favorite part, um, it, it kind of the same scene that you were speaking of. Uh, um, that scene where Rod gets killed um, uh, when Nancy and Glenn went to the police um, station uh, to check up on Rod and um, you know she she meets her dad there her dad's there of course you know working the case or what have you Uh, but I didn't like what kind of a a a-hole he was being you know I just that didn't resonate well with me I'm just like wait a minute your daughter is trying to tell you something sir you need to listen to her at least (laughs) (laughs) I mean listen to what your daughter is saying all right well um, and I think we already covered this with your favorite part but who was your favorite character in A Nightmare on Elm Street? Well, I think I'm going to say Nancy's teacher. Oh, okay. Even even though Nancy was my favorite, I'm going to say her teacher, because her teacher seemed like a very concerned woman. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. And when she was walking up the class, talking and explaining, and she got around to Nancy, and she gave her that that comfort. Yeah, that motherly comfort. Yeah, that, yeah. that touch. And um, she kept on going, and then you know, it was like you can you could feel her saying that you know I really care about what's going on with you, and I'm sorry that this has happened to you. you know. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I say, Nancy was my favorite. You know, she's a great final girl, but the teacher, you know. Yes. Has, well, sometimes the co-stars of the movie do take uh, take the lead, uh, not take the lead, but they uh, sometimes it's the co-stars and the extras that uh, that you know gets your attention. In a movie, sometimes that just happens. Um, now, my favorite character, um, besides Freddie, of course, because you know I, I love me some Freddie, right? But uh, <laughs> but um, my favorite character is Nancy because of how strong she was, and you know she just uh, she was ready for battle. You know uh, when Tina when he killed killed Tina. It's like Freddie just declared war on Nancy because she was getting ready, you know, she was getting ready, you know, uh, even before she uh, confronted her mom. You know, she she was like, uh, yeah, I know, I know you, you know, I know who you are and I'm ready for you. Yeah. Yep. Or at least I'm getting ready for you. <laughs> you know. There you go. 
preparation. That's right. Prepar- she was preparing. Yeah. So uh, uh, what was the most creative kill, in your opinion, uh, Miss Ingrid? I'm going to say when uh, Mr. Uh, Thompson and Nancy Thompson were at the bottom of the, um, mom's bed there. And oh, at the foot of her bed. Yeah, at the foot of her bed. Yep. And uh, the next thing you know, how you see that Freddie's gone and then her, her skeleton is slowly descending into a, a vapored bed, you know, it's like with a, a white light. You can see the, the deep blackness underneath her as well. And she kept going until finally that was gone and the bed was just back to the way it was before. You know, so I thought that yeah. was creative in a way to show that that wasn't it. The movies don't have to be always gory, gory all the time. You know, you gotta have a moment. Right. Something right. different has happened. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's a creative one to me. So. Well, in, in my opinion, um, the most creative kill was actually uh, Tina's uh, mm-hmm. kill. Uh, it was amazing to watch, to watch, and it was amazing. Um, just seeing her being lifted from the, you know, from the bed to the wall and then Fred, Freddie dragging her up the wall. But you can't see Freddie at all, but you see Tina going up the wall and everything like that. And then, you know, the behind the scenes footage of that, you know, that's on the, um, if anybody listening to my podcast, if you guys own on the DVD, you guys know that there are, there's a special feature I believe with them, um, uh, uh, with them showing how they actually did it, and they wow. just uh, 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 like spun the room around or something like that. Oh, it's something that they did to make it really um, to really sell it, yeah. and, and and it it worked. It was really good. It was a really good death scene. It kind of made you imagine what he was doing to her as she was going around and whipping all around on the walls. And, you know, it, you know how was he attacking her as she was moving along? You know, you kind of see, you know, not re- you know, not saying physically, but just imaginatively seeing right. him tossing her and cutting her and gutting her and everything else that he was doing to her. You know, so exactly. You know that that was well, that's a rough way to go. You know that that's a real. You're right about that. that uh, yeah, is that a, was creative. Well, 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 yours was creative too, though. The uh, mother in the bed. You know, uh, he had to put the fire out, but as he did that, you know, she turns into a skeleton and stuff. So I think I think that one was um was good too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what now we we covered um our cre- uh, our you know what we thought was the creative kills. But now, what part scared you the most? Uh what part was this what would you say was the scariest part? 
um, of a nightmare on Elm Street? For me, the scariest part at that time was when I was looking at the movie was when they had Tina in the body bag. The first time that they had her in the body bag. And oh, yeah. They, they were rolling her out the door, and next thing you know, um, the reporter's talking, and you see her arm just flap out the bag. You know, it's all bloodied and everything. And then it kind of uh, dwindled down more to when Cat, uh, not Cat, Nancy was having that dream while she was in the classroom, and everybody was sitting at that mannequin look and look when you can tell they're in the dream and she sees the blood being drugged all the way down the hallway and she sees Tina's body in the bag again and she, she hears her call her name and then as she gets done with that she's being drugged again she's being drugged but this time her arm comes flapping out again and the blood is just oh, yeah. <laughs> with the arm and everything. And you're like, oh my lord, you know, in the real world, you can see her arm. And in, in, the, in the dream world, you can see her, her arm again. So it's like the, you know, two for one deal, I guess you could say, in the movie. You know, I, I don't know, but that's kind of what scared me because that'd be like, you know, seeing her. You know, actually for real, but not for real. Right. You know, it's, it's not like she's alive or anything like that now, but it's creepy how she's screeching through that plastic saying her name. You know, right. and I was like, oh man, I don't know how I would act. <laughs> I see something like that coming towards me. You know, now, the, the scariest part to me was when she was. Um, and now, granted, I don't, uh, you know, even when I was younger watching a Nightmare on Elm Street, I never really got scared. Mm-hmm. But, but, but this was a scary part. How when Nancy would, uh, when she, um, uh, was running up the stairs the uh, first time she was preparing to, you know, or not even preparing, preparing, but she was kind of, you know. Uh, seeing what this guy was about. Actually, that's what I got from it anyway. She was trying to, you know, see what this Freddy dude was actually about. And she found out with the quickness that he is a killer. So, but, uh, (laughs) but she was running in her house and she was running up the stairs and the stairs turned to mush. That was the scariest part to me. That was horrible. Yes, uh, that, that I mean, oh my goodness, the scare factor on, on that part alone, because right? you're like, oh my gosh, is she going to make it to her yeah. room? Is she going to make it to, you know, is, is she going to make it to, you know, uh, to get out, you know, so, I so, thought, yeah. I felt sorry for and stuff, it looked like pancake batter, <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was yeah. I, I forget what they actually said that they used for that because I actually did read something about that, but I forget what they said. I forget uh, what they said, but um, but yeah, it it was pretty cool. Whatever it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it didn't seem nasty. I mean, 
And I know I like to walk in the sand and everything, and you know, there could be the problem with the getting in between the toes and other places, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I would want that thick gooey stuff as an old well, I think I could, I think I could handle the, goo, the gooey stuff more than any uh, other texture thing. I can get with the mush. You know. Yes. Absolutely no grit at all. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I, uh, I almost don't want to ask this question because it is a silly, it's a silly question. But, but what girl could you see yourself hanging out with, Nancy or Tina? <laughs> oh my God! That, that's. That, that is not too hard, but I, I have to say both of them. Yes. Yeah. That, that's my answer too. Both. Yeah. yeah. Because they both seem like such, you know, nice girls, and you know, they they're uh, they have, uh, you know, granted, Tina seem more a party girl than Nancy. Right. <laughs> Nancy was a little bit more reserved. Yeah, it seemed like she was more reserved. All right. Uh huh. No, and I was just gonna say, you know, they, they to, to them being they completed each other. I guess you could say. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's usually how it is. You know, you have a best friend that's uh, either just like you, or you have a best friend that's opposite of you, and you guys just click. It just works right. for whatever reason, you know. That's true. Uh, well, um, and here comes the big question of the night. Uh, how does A Nightmare on M Street parallel the Bible, if at all? Well, I know in my opinion, it doesn't really uh, parallel the Bible per se, but the Bible does speak about um, facing your demons. It does, uh, um, basically in every book that you read in the Bible, you know, somebody is facing a demon, whether it was David versus Goliath or um, Elisha versus um, Jezebel, you know, uh, somebody or David versus Saul, you know, somebody was facing a demon or somebody that they didn't want to face, but they knew that they had to face them, you know, and, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street is just like that. Nancy had to face this demon. She asked, she literally had to overcome this demon so that she, she could, you know, have a life again. You know, he then killed our best friend. He then killed her boyfriend and killed another good friend of hers, Rod Lane. So, so you know, she had to, uh, and if she if she knew if she wanted to survive, she had to face them head on, and and um, which is something that her mom could not do, and didn't want, even want Nancy to do it. You know, she had that one line where she says, you know, Nancy, you know, facing things is your gift, but sometimes right. you have to turn away too. But sometimes you can't turn away. Actually, a lot of the times you cannot turn away from 
your demons. You have to face them. So, and that's how, that's my opinion anyway, with it paralleling the Bible. What's your opinion, uh, Ms. Ingrid? Well, it goes back to the part at the beginning of the movie before Tina is attacked by Freddie is when Glenn said that morality sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. to me, there was a couple of things throughout the movie that questioned morality. You know, the, like you said, uh, uh, how would you say? Uh, uh, like just, uh, everybody says the moral compass, I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, it, you know, there was a lot of scenes where, you know, you have to ask the question, is, is this a right or wrong thing? You know, the kids, you know, they were all right because they had, you know, hadn't done anything. But on the other side, you got Freddie, you know, and he, you know, they, they not, they trying to mind their business and not, you know, not trying to get into anything, but Freddie trying to get all up in their stuff, you know. <laughs> like, you know, they been minding their own business. Yeah, just being kids, and yeah. here comes Freddie. Right, and the parents are the ones that are guilty and haven't told the kids, so <laughs> where does that leave you? <laughs> you know, stay out of the business, Freddie. <laughs> but but you know what? But that's good though. When you said that, uh, you know, morality sucks. You you know that just goes back to um, you know how um, if you do evil, you die. You know, hey, right. it's as simple as that. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's it. There's no one way or the other way. There's just one way. That's it. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, I have one last question. And that is, why do you think A Nightmare on Elm Street was such a big hit back in 1984? And even now, it's still a big hit to this day. The the original, not the remake. (laughs) So uh, why do you think it was a big hit and still is a big hit to this day? Scare factor. I mean, it, you can still be scared by that movie, even though you might have watched it a hundred zillion times. It's still you're right. Scary. You're right. You know, it's in, in, in the way that uh, Wes Craven does the scare factor is how this whole movie, you know, began to come and come alive. And Freddy was that part of it, making it come to life, mm-hmm. you know, and Wes did a wonderful job. Um, yes, he did. Uh, with Freddie, you know, bringing him, doing all those different types of th- scenes and the illusions, the effects, you know, and all that, you know, and then he just put that all together and boom, you got something that's kicking, just ready to kick your butt, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> right, and, and you know what, and I agree with you. I think um, uh, that we're on M Street for that time, especially for 1984, was, mm-hmm. it was a fresh and new take. Mm-hmm. 
on a scary movie because you know you, you know up until then you had uh, Michael Myers and you uh, had Jason Voorhees and uh, and I mean even with that you know Friday, Friday the Thirteenth the first one uh, was about Jason's mother Jason Voorhees wasn't uh, introduced until the second one yeah. and so and you know and so um, Freddy though was unlike. Michael Myers. He was unlike um, Jason Voorhees. You know, here was this man who is able to invade your dreams. You know, he's able to invade the teenager's dreams and kill them. You you know, so he was, uh, it was, uh, I guess, a breath of fresh air to the horror community, you know. Something fresh, something new, you know. Yeah. And and actually, if you ask me, all of those horror movies, uh, oh, horror villains, I um, I guess you, you could say, uh, all of those horror villains, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, they were all fresh and new for their right. time. So I think all of them were, were probably big hits yeah. during the you know during the late seventies, early eighties. Just because of the freshness, you know, and uh, uh, how new everything was, you know, all these villains, these super villains, you know, they have supernatural powers and everything like yeah. that. Uh, uh, it was new. It was a signature, their own signature. Oh, right. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, I'm, I'm, Thinking that you know, Freddie is slightly more animated than Michael and Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's got that glove and he's moving along pipes and saying your name. Right, uh, right. The other, the other two don't talk at all, but at least Freddie's just saying a name. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean the way he says Tim. You know, it, that just, it just, oh my gosh. Every time he said that name, I was like, oh my gosh. And, 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 and you know what was funny though? The, when he said Nancy, you know, when he says Nancy, it doesn't even compare to the way that he says Tina, you know. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't even compare, you know, I mean, is yeah, you're saying Nancy, but the way you say Tina just now, oh my God, dude, you are <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Maybe I have no idea what it is, but whatever it is, it it it's, it's, it's scary. I mean, the I'm telling you. Go see the movie again, guys. If you have the DVDs, go see it again, and, and you will see the difference. Uh, how he says Tina and Nancy. He says Tina more terrifying than he does when he says Nancy. All right. Well, that's it for the questions, but I do have some fun facts. And uh, Miss Ingrid, I think you have fun facts as well. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to go ahead and read mine first. Okay. And the first uh, fun fact that I have here is 
the first time Robert England put on the iconic Freddy glove, he cut himself. Oh, <laughs> get out of here. Yes, ma'am. That's what I read. And the second um, fun fact that I have is A Nightmare on Elm Street was shot in 30 days. What? Yep. 30 days? 30 days. That's My amazing. gosh. It is amazing. It is amazing because, you know, I know a lot of movies that have to be, you know, shot. They, it was shot way longer than that. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. They don't like to go over the budget. That's for sure. So I, I'm, but it still amazes me that they did in 30 days. You know, I, I, that's unheard of to me. You know, I, I like what 30 days. I can just imagine people waking up doing stuff. It's almost like a 24 hour thing. You know, right? Yeah. You know, have the where you get your sleep. When do you sleep? You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, 30 days. I mean. Uh, I don't think they did sleep when you know when when you think about it. Might have been taking that stay awake. Oh yeah, that Nancy was taking. Yep. Yep. Yes, ma'am. You're right about it. Uh, And another fun fact that I have is over 500 gallons of fake blood was used during the making of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my. Yes. Yes, and do you know that the only record-breaking uh, uh, movie uh, or the only record-breaking, um, yeah, the only uh, movie that broke the record was uh-huh. It, Chapter 2. Because oh, yeah. all the blood, you know, that scene with Beverly Marsh alone had, um, I forget how many gallons of blood it was, but they say that it was in, a, in the thousands. And it beat out a nightmare on Elm Street and The Shining. Because remember, you know, they have the, the whole ton of blood coming out of the elevator. Yeah, yeah. It, beat, it beat out both of them. Wow. Beat out both of them. So <laughs> that's a lot of dang blood. <laughs> and. Uh, another fun fact that I have is was Craven is the one who came up with the idea of the glove. He wanted the character of Fred Krueger to have, uh, yes, he, he wanted Fred Krueger to have a unique killing tool, but also wanted something that could be, be made on the cheap side and that wouldn't be hard for, for Freddy to carry around. That actually makes sense to me, and I'm glad that he went that route because you know it. it a glove, a knife glove, is pretty simple, you know, and and it would be cheap, you know. He they would the movie itself wouldn't have to come out of any money. Right. Well, from what I heard it, when, uh, about the fun fact about that is that. When they did the first glove, it was made out of a, a, a gardening glove. <laughs> it was just 
Oh. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the movie when he's making the glove and everything, and you look at underneath it when he's pretty much completed it, yeah. you see him, the material underneath the glove instead of the, the, the metal itself. And I, I, I think they put the metal on in a part two, I believe it was, but I guess they, what they call it was the hero glove because that was like the first prototype. Oh, glove. wow. So, um, I was really amazed with that, you know, taking and making it out of garden tools. But then, you know, as the second one went on, it, it was changed over and it was made into metal. So total metal, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that when we, you know, when I read a little bit on, I think it was on Marceau in the documentary when I was, uh, listening to. Mm. But, um, that was shocking. <laughs> a glove wow. for, for, for gardening. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, wonders never cease. <laughs> they, never, they never do. Well, another fun fact that I have is <clears throat> Wes, Wes Craven actually first came up with the basic idea for A Nightmare on Elm Street from several newspaper articles printed in the wow. LA Times over a three-year period. They were about a group of uh, Cambodian um, men. Wow. Yes, uh, refugees, actually, um, from the uh, Hmong tribe. Um, I hope, yes, I hope I said that name correctly. Uh, several of whom died in the throes of horrific nightmares. The group had come to America to escape the reign of Paul, Paul Pot. And within a year of arriving, three men had died with the, with the situation, uh, the same in each case. So in right. each case, the men had died in their sleep, um, some kind of way. But, um, you know, they were healthy. These were healthy men. But they had a nightmare. They would have a nightmare and then refuse to sleep for as long as possible. But then when they finally did go to sleep from exhaustion, you know, because, you know, they're probably exhausted from staying up all night every single day. Um, they awoke screaming, but then they died. And yes, and the autopsy results revealed that they had not died because of heart attack. They just simply died. Stop. They their heart just stopped. And uh it was this like um it was this that caused um Wes Craven to be intrigued. And uh-huh. that's why he went about to, you know, writing the script. Oh, that is interesting. Yes, ma'am. Wes was always creative when it came to stuff like that. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. With all of his movies. You know, with all of his movies. And when I say all of his movies, I do mean all of his movies. Because, you know, he did direct a a drama, too. Uh, Music of My Heart or something like that. Um, He directed that with Gloria Estefan and stuff like that. 
And um, I think she played in the movie. I know she sung the song with NSYNC. Uh, um, that was um, a part of the movie. But um, but yeah, he directed that movie. And, and that was actually a very good movie, too. I to check that one out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very good drama, uh, very very good drama, uh, and uh, uh, but of course I am a big fan of this horror work, you know, yes. and uh, and I just think that, like you said, he was so talented when it came to that. Yes, he was. It was like his second nature. Yep. Exactly. Well, and I have just one more fun fact. And this one really is a fun fact. Uh, Jennifer Grey, Demi Uh Moore, and Uh Tracy Gold all auditioned for the role of Nancy Thompson before it was given to Heather Lingenkamp. Wow, talking about being in good company. Yes, you know, and and even though they didn't get the part, of course, we all know that they went on to have great careers. But however, I have to I have to be honest, I cannot see Tracy Gold playing Nancy Thompson. I just can't. I can't see I can't see Tracy Gold playing that part. No, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, you gotta have a certain criteria. Yeah, I, I just see Tracy Gold as Carol Seaver from yeah. Growing Pains. That, that that's who I see her as. So, <laughs> uh, but well, you have some fun facts too, Miss Ingrid. Go ahead and read your fun facts. Well, let's see. Um, one fun fact is that you know that. Robert England wasn't really considered as the first choice of being in that park today. We're going to use stuntmen. I think I remember reading about that. Uh huh. And if I remember correctly, that didn't suit him too much. So he wanted to go for this guy named Donald Wharton. I, I, I feel foolish because I didn't write down what I should have wrote down about him, but mm-hmm. thinking that people may know. But yeah, um, I think I, I think I heard his name before. Yeah, Donald he, Wharton. I think I heard that name. Yeah, I think he did a lot of British television or something like that, like the the uh, mystery shows and stuff like that. Mm. I think. I'm thinking if I remember correctly, but I, I like saying Donald Wharton, so they, you know, anybody wants to look him up and see, you know, who he is. Oh, yeah, I, I probably will. I'll probably look him up. And um, another one that I would like to say is that New Line Cinema, now, you know, they were very poor, starting off poor con- uh, company. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Once they made the Freddy movie, you know, The Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. their success from went from bankruptcy straight through, jo- calling them jokingly, the house that Freddy built. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Randy certainly did build that house. Yes, he did. So, New Line. They, they owe a lot to Fred yes, Krueger. They yes, owe a lot to Robert England because yes, Robert England yes. owned Freddy Krueger. Yes, he did. You know, can't nobody do it better. You know, yeah. and, and, uh, <clears throat> that could be either a blessing for Robert England or it could be a curse for Robert England because, <laughs> because it could be either or, either a good thing or a bad thing. He's known for killing people when he really loves people. So, <laughs> I mean, he, he loves his fans. That's what I hear anyway. I hear that. I didn't really get to meet him, meet him. I did get to take the picture, but I didn't really get to meet him, meet him. You know, I didn't didn't get to uh, to talk to him like many others have. And they all say the same thing that he loves to, his um fans, that he will stop and uh talk with you. You know, just an all around nice guy. That's what I hear. Yeah, I remember seeing him, and his line was like outrageously long. Oh yeah, that that I you know avoided that line altogether. But I was fortunate enough, thanks to one Miss Angela Elliott. Shout out to her. Um, uh, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a picture with him and with her. So. Hey, I, I'm I, I consider myself a blessed woman just from, just because of that right there. Hey, you still got to meet him. Honestly, the fact of not being in line and Miss Angela there. Hey, yes, ma'am. I tell you, as a blessing. I tell you. But uh, well, do you have any more fun facts for us? Um. I was going to say something like, uh, let's see. Oh, I wanted to say something. Uh, that scene um, with the man that was on fire that played Freddy when he when he caught was caught on fire. Oh, yeah. You remember that scene? Yes. And you know how they have the stuntmen that play that part. Mm-hmm. Who, whoever did that stunt right there. I have to give them kudos because that that takes a lot to be able to take all that heat and, oh, and yeah. getting get up. And <laughs> I do wonder that. how that was done. That, I mean, he whoever did that, they were fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, some people are actors too, yeah. and I think we tend to forget that. Yeah. Yep, I think we tend to forget that that they are actors. As well. As so. well. Yeah, you got, you got a good point there. Yeah. Even, even some actors do their own stunts. So uh, yeah. yeah. It's a rehearsal type thing. So, yep. you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all around, scary movie. Yes. Nightmare on Elm Street will do it to you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the first one is very, very good. You know, yes, uh, very good. Uh, <clears throat> I talked about um, uh, part three, actually, was my first episode. Oh, well, actually, not my first episode. It was my second uh, um, 
episodes on my podcast. And we just had a ball. We had a ball uh, discussing it. And uh, yes. So, and I, I had a ball discussing the first one with you tonight. Um, uh, I usually um, uh, go down my list of uh, people who have passed on um, in the movie, but um, nobody has passed on from this movie. It, nobody, everybody is still alive, including John Saxon. And I think that he's the oldest um, of everybody, actually. I think he's in his 90s. If he's not in his 90s, he's, he's in his late 80s. If he's not in his 90s, he's in his late 80s. One of the two. One of the two. And, uh, uh, and, but he is still alive. And um, so is um, uh, the woman that played uh, Nancy's mother. Of course, she was at uh, Texas Frontier Weekend um, this past May. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people got a chance to meet her. Uh, hmm. Um, But yeah, nobody passed away except for the director. What's Craven is the only one who has passed away. God rest his soul. That yes. Yes. And uh, uh, I, honestly, you know, uh, uh, like I said before, I wanted to be in, in a Wes Craven movie. And I, oh, when yeah. he passed away, when he passed away, I felt so cheated. <laughs> I feel that alone. I felt so like, cheated. I'm like, God, I wanted to do a movie with Wes. Could you have waited until after the movie was made? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, well, I'm all out of questions. I'm all out of fun facts. And nobody passed away that, you know, uh, except for Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're actually at the end of my podcast. But I do have... Um, uh, a birthday shout out um, oh, cool. tonight. Yes, Christy uh, Swearingen. Um, I hope I said her name right. Christy Swearingen's birthday is today. So we want right. to wish you a happy birthday, Miss uh, Christy. Uh, yes. um, uh, also, um, and I know of uh, this um, uh, person probably will not um, listen to this podcast. I don't even think she likes scary movies, but um, I, I wanted to give her a shout out anyway, just in case she she does happen to hear this because we were friends back in high school. And uh, her name is LaQuinta Martin. So LaQuinta, if you're listening to this, happy birthday, girl. Yes, happy birthday. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, uh, also, I want to uh, uh, talk about uh, my um, group page, uh, Horror uh, Movie Warriors. It's just an extension of this podcast here, the same name and everything. And um, uh, Miss Ingrid here is actually one of the administrators. Uh, uh, and I thank you for being in it an administrator for me, Miss um, Ingrid, because, you know, the group page is growing. We are at 201 members. Yes, we are. We are at 200. Uh, my goal was to make 200 by Halloween, uh, but I think on Halloween I was at 198, I think. 
Yeah, I think I was at 198 on Halloween. But this week, this week, um, either Monday, um, either Monday or Tuesday, I, I got I looked at it and it was up to 201 members. So I, I think a I think each and every one of my members that join the group, whether I put you on, whether Miss Ingrid put you on, or whether um, the other administrator, Mary Elizabeth Kenfrow, put you on, I thank you guys for coming on. Anyway, any way you came on, I thank you. And if you are listening to this podcast and you're not a part of the group, but you want to be a part of the group, I am on Facebook. The group is on Facebook. It's called Horror Movie Warriors. And we would love to have you. Either either one of us will approve you. If you click that join button, uh, either I will approve you or Miss Ingrid will approve you or Mary Elizabeth Kenfro will approve you. Yes. And that's it. That is all from me tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed um, discussing, uh, discussing, can't talk now. I hope you guys enjoyed discussing (laughs) A Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed it as as much as I did. And Miss Ingrid, I loved talking to you. Uh, It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Always a pleasure to talk to you every day, Mr. Yes, ma'am. Well, guys, until next week, and next week I will be um, discussing another movie. Uh, the Ring is what I will be discussing next week with Kelly Densmore and Adrian Garza. So stay tuned for that episode next week. Um, and after that, I am taking a little hiatus um, until November 29th, where once again, Miss Ingrid will be one of my guests, along with David Hahn. David Hahn was um, my guest for uh, last week, one of my um, special Halloween episodes, uh, Wishmaster. So um, I can't wait to talk to him again. Um, Again, that's November 29th. Now, next week is um, when I'm discussing The Ring and Miss Kelly Dunsmore and Mr. Adrian Garza will be with me for that. So, so, yep. So, I hope you guys have a very great night. Yes, ma'am. And this has been Latrice Carter and Ingrid Schubert. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a great night, guys. Yes. Do have a great night. No horrific dreams. Oh, have lots of scary dreams. (laughs) Good night, guys.